Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Anybody need a copy of the notes tonight? Anyone just raise your hand if you'd like a copy of the notes tonight. Um, it is prayer and fasting Wednesday. I pray that you've joined together with us today as we fasted and prayed, wait before the Lord. And also we're going to have a time of prayer after I'm done with my little bit of message here. And then um, a time of fellowship in the fellowship hall after the service is over. Everybody's welcome to participate to some refreshments and that sort of thing. So you're welcome to come and join us. Don't forget Friday healing class, Friday at 10 o'clock, and we believe God. Amen. Father, we thank you now for your holy written word. We approach it with reverence, inviting your Holy Spirit to be our teacher and to be our guide. Open our eyes, our ears, change our hearts from glory to glory. As we, dear Father God, believe to be conformed to the very image of Jesus and become that for which he has sacrificed his life. Thank you, dear Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. We'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Wednesday night services, we're going to start talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. I really sense in my heart a need for us to emphasize his work and ministry. So we're going to do that. I'm going to share some thoughts tonight. But redemption involves the whole Godhead, Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And it was the Father who planned it. He's the master blueprint designer. It's Jesus who came down to work it out, carry it out. And we live in the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit who's doing what? Revealing it to us and making it a reality in our lives. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? This is his dispensation. Well, because of that, it's important that we know how he works and understand, you know, more and more about his ministry and also appreciate his ministry. So we're going to invite his moving among us by sharing some thoughts about him so that faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we're going to begin talking about the prominence of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, number one. In the Bible, 88 times the Holy Spirit is referenced in the Old Testament. Starting with Genesis 1-2, as the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, and God spoke, and then everything, of course, we understand, took place in creation. But then also you'll notice in Psalm 55 and verse 11, I believe it was uh, David who said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Remember he was in sin and he was repentant for his sin and he got before the Father and he said, don't, don't, don't. You know what, beloved? We all need the ministry of the Holy Spirit in a powerful way in all of our lives. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're wanting to experience in God, he's the one that's going to take the word and make it a reality in our lives. You need deliverance? 
Speak the word and watch the Holy Ghost come over your life and do the work. Like in the beginning, God spoke, God said, let there be. And there was as the spirit of God moving, manifested those things that the word spoke. You need healing, same thing. Need help in your personal life, same thing. If you don't give the Holy Spirit the word, you don't give him anything to work with. We need to give him the word to work with in our lives. And so God wants us to be number one, sticklers for the word and believing that the Holy Spirit is moving to make it a reality. And then you shift over from the Old Testament to the New Testament and guess what? 264 times the Holy Ghost is mentioned in the New Testament. That's exactly three times more than the old. That should tell us something. This is his dispensation. We're living in his dispensation right now. And he wants to do great things, I do believe. But Jesus, before he departed to go back and be with the Father, actually before he went to the cross, told his disciples about the Holy Spirit coming in John 14. And he's talking about how He's going to come. He's going to be your comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby. He's going to manifest himself to you. He's going to glorify Jesus in you. So he begins talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in a wonderful and profound way. And for three chapters, he talks about the work of the Holy Spirit who will take his place when he leaves to go back to the Father. I'm not going to leave you orphans, he said. I'm going to come in the person of the Holy Ghost. And there's much more to be said about that. But we're going to give you a quick... Um, observation about his ministry. But now look at the life of Christ, secondly. The life of Christ. Now think about this. This is the Son of God manifestation. This is the Word made flesh. He is God who made the world walking on the earth. And beginning at his birth, first and foremost, we see the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Remember in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 34, when Gabriel answered Mary's question, it said, how's this going to happen? I don't know a man. 135, what does, she, what does he say? The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and overshadow you. And you'll conceive in your womb the Son of God. And she said, be it unto me according to the word. And when she said that, the Holy Ghost came on her. She gave the Holy Ghost something to work with, the word. So, in his birth, but then also in his baptism. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, Jesus is baptized in water comes up out of the water. What happens? The Holy Ghost descends upon him in the form of a dove. A voice comes out of heaven saying, this is my son of whom I'm well pleased. So we see him manifesting himself in the life of Jesus in his birth, in his baptism. But then chapter 4 and verse 1 in what? His temptation. He's being tempted now. Thank God for the Holy Ghost to see us through temptation. Empowering us to rise up above it and overcome it. But we see that he's led of the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. But then also we understand that in his ministry, he didn't just go off into ministry on his own. In his ministry in Luke's Gospel chapter 4, 18 and 19, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering sight to the blind, set labor to bruise, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of Jubilee. Aren't you glad we're living in the year of Jubilee? I'm not talking about literally that this is the year of Jubilee. I know that. Every day is a year of Jubilee for all of us because Christ is our Jubilee. Amen. He fulfilled that. And thank God because of him we're liberated. And then also 
uh, in his resurrection. Remember Romans 8, 11? But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also what? Quicken your immortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. By his spirit. So you see the Holy Spirit raising Jesus from the dead. Paul said he was raised by the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. And so we see him actively at work in the life of the Son of God. Well, here's my question. If Jesus, the Son of God, pure in every way, needed to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, etc., how much more do we? The life we live is a spiritual one, not a natural one, not a religious one, but one of reality and power. And so that brings us to our lives, the life of the believer. The Holy Ghost in the life of the believer. Number one, first of all, in conviction of sin. Remember John 16 when Jesus said, look, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost won't come. But when he comes, what's he going to do? He's going to convince and convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. You try to reach someone with conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. If you are, you need the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that will manifest himself in a person's life to prick his heart. I remember when I was, uh, before I got saved, I was under conviction but didn't know what it was. I was consciously aware that I was lost. I would actually go to bed at night saying, I don't want to go to hell. Why I would say that as a 15, 16 year old boy, I don't know. But I was under conviction and did not know it. The Holy Ghost will manifest himself to convict us of sin, the world of sin. Now you're saved. Righteousness is available. I knew there was a heaven. I was consciously aware there was a hell. Now I know that there's a heaven, but of judgment. I've got to make a decision. I've got to do something on my part except Christ. So the Holy Ghost is manifested in our lives, number one, initially when conviction. You know, and then the new birth. In John's gospel, remember, chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus talked about, so are those that are born of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost took your spirit and regenerated it. Wow, what a work in our lives. He regenerates our spirit. And then thirdly, in the spirit baptism, in Acts, you shall receive power after what? After that, the Holy Ghost has come on you. Has the Holy Ghost come on you? Have you received power from on high? Dunamis, miracle working power from on high. Hallelujah. Has he come on you? Amen. And then next, revelation. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> there is something... In this church. <clears throat> Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Revelation. <clears throat> John sixteen thirteen. He'll guide you in all the truth. He'll speak to you when he hears of the Father. And he will show you things to come. Amen. 
You agree with me that I'm healed in Jesus' name? <laughs> Praise God. I didn't struggle talking all day long. I don't know what it is. Amen. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I have not seen nor ear heard. Neither has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But the Holy Ghost reveals them to us. Thank God. Verse 10. But the Holy Ghost reveals them to us. So if we need to know something, we have the Holy Ghost who opens our eyes, who guides us, who directs us, who shows us things to come. That's his ministry in the life of the believer. Guidance. Next, Romans 8, 14. They that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And then transformation. I love this verse. Transformation. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. 3.18, we look into the glass, the mirror of God's word, and we're changed by what we see, how? From glory to glory, how? By the spirit of God on the inside of us. God wants transformed lives for all of us, every single one of us, to be changed from glory to glory. Who does that? The Holy Ghost. But how is he going to do it? We open up the Bible, we find out what it says. We don't believe the lies of the devil. We don't listen to what non-believers are out there saying. We embrace the truth of God's word. And then we ask the Holy Spirit, change me. I see what Jesus looks like. Change me into that. People that are out there that are struggling with their lives, they need to hear the truth that liberates and makes them free. And then they need to yield to the Holy Ghost. You see, just coming to church and hearing the words wonderful. Even under the anointing, that's wonderful. But they have got to, on their own, get before God and, and let, them, let him know, I'm serious about this. I want changed in my life. I want to look more like Jesus, talk more like Jesus, act more like Jesus. I want to walk in truth. I want to walk in victory. Change me. If we don't give him that opportunity, he won't do it. But if we sit in his presence and say, I'm not moving until I'm changed. I'll tell you what, he'll take over. He might show you some things that you need to do, but that's okay. Let's do it. Some things that we may have to set aside or whatever. And then impartation, the next one. 1 Corinthians 12. Impartation. Verse 11 talks about the Holy Spirit divides or imparts to each one severally as he will. Every single one of us has gift as a gift from God or gifts from God. Impartations of the Spirit to be used to honor and glorify the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's up to us to use those gifts. But it's also up to us to desire those gifts. Remember he said, but desire, walk in love, follow after love, and desire spiritual manifestations. Father, we want your Spirit to manifest himself among us every time we get together but also individually in our homes, in our lives, in our families. We desire the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Do you desire that? Absolutely. And then notice the work of the Spirit. There's, there's much to see about the work of the Spirit in creation. In creation. It was the Holy Spirit who was involved in all the acts of creation. Look at in Psalm 33. This is verse 6 in the New Living Translation. The Lord merely spoke... 
and the heavens were created, he breathed the word and all the stars were born. I like that, don't you? He breathed the word. See, the breath of the spirit and everything came into being. And you see that in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 now. Where he spoke, the earth was without form and void, darkness upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And the Spirit of God heard and began to move. And so, in creation, we see the participation of the Holy Spirit. Actually, the whole Godhead. And then also, uh, when it comes to us, man, when he created man. Look at Genesis 2 and verse 7. Man. And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground. And what did he do? Breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. There's so, something here that's really deep that we need to really see. In all the other creative things God spoke into existence, we understand that's his creative ability and powers at work. But it seems like to me that when he made man, and since man was made in his image and likeness, when he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, man was made from the very heart of God. He came out from God. The life that he has is the life that God gave him from within. There's something higher than vegetable, animal life. We're created in his image and likeness. And in him we are complete. Jesus came to give us life, Zoe life, and that more abundantly. We have life as God has it. We're partakers of the divine nature. Amen? So we have all this on the inside of us. And how? As he breathed into us. We sing the song sometimes, breathe on me. Do we know what we're asking? Do we know what we're singing? There's a twofold manifestation of the Holy Ghost in the life of every believer. The spirit within and the spirit upon. We have him on the inside and he wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask according to the power of the spirit that's only inside of us but also we can have the spirit upon. As he came upon them the spirit of God descended and fell upon them. We can have an increase of this anointing of God upon us in our daily walk and daily life. As a cor cor uh, corporate you know, body of Christ as well. I long for that, don't you? To have a greater manifestation of the anointing and the glory of God. Well, how do we get that? Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you're in this place right now. We know that you're here hovering over us, waiting for us to speak the word, and we reverence your holy presence. Holy Spirit, your holy presence among us. And as we do, what happens? He responds. Hallelujah. You see, he's gentle like a dove. He can be easily quenched. But we don't want to do that. We want to let him know. We don't want Ichabod written on top of this church. We want the hand of God, the power of God, the glory of God. Life-changing, life-transforming. Uh, saving, healing, delivering power of the Most High God in manifestation every time we gather together. And then in Revelation, in Revelation in the Old Testament, look at Second Peter chapter 1 in revealing truth to us.
in revealing truth. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do, do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the stay, day star arise in your hearts knowing this first. That no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time but by the, by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This book is God breathed. The Holy Ghost spoke and men wrote the Holy Writ. So we see by revelation, we would have any revelation of God whatsoever, but the Holy Ghost came and revealed certain things to these individuals and they wrote them down. But we have a fuller revelation. They spoke about the time when the Messiah would come, but thank God we live on the other side of the cross. He came, he lived, he suffered, he died, he arose again on the third day. He's alive right now. He's coming again in clouds of glory. Amen. But then also in the New Testament, John 16, 13, how be it when he, the Holy Spirit, Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all the truth. He shall not speak of himself, but he, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. If we need revelation, if we need direction, if we need guidance, there are many voices in the world today. And these voices want our attention. Anywhere you go, everywhere you go, walk into a store, radio's playing or music's playing. You've got television, you've got radio, you've got newspapers, you've got DVDs, you've got music, you know, you've got advertisements, you've got people speaking and saying. And what are they saying? Telling us what they think we should do, what we should know, where we should go, what we should buy, etc., etc. They're what? They're competing for what? Our attention. They want us to listen to them. And there are so many voices. The young people of today, they're listening to all these voices that are out there. And you know what? If they're not mindful, they can be victimized by those voices. But there is one voice, one voice that every single one of us should give our undivided attention. That's the voice of God, whether it's through his word or by his spirit that comes to our hearts. Every single one of us, the voice of his word. What are you saying by your spirit, Father? There was a woman. This woman had it made. She had the finest husband anyone could find. She lived in the most perfect place that anyone could live in. There wasn't one thing she lacked whatsoever. Every need was met. A voice came along competing with the voice of God for her attention. And she gave heed to that voice and lost everything. Her name is Eve. Isn't that what she did? Hath God said? See, that voice, that thought, took her attention, her focus somewhere else off of what God had said and she lost everything. Beloved, only God has our best interest at heart. Only he knows the correct path for our lives. Only he can direct us into the right places to go. It's up to us. Number one, find out what he said right here. That's the specific will of God written for all of us to know. A more sure word of prophecy 
but then also be open to the Holy Ghost because you know what? It's not like the Old Testament. You've got to go to a prophet somewhere. We all have the Holy Ghost and we all have access to his ministry. He lives on the inside of us and he's there to direct us and guide us into everything willed by the Father. And then in confirmation, so in Revelation, but also confirmation, he confirmed Jesus as the Messiah. He confirmed the apostles' ministry. He confirmed the word with signs following. And those scriptures are right there. You can look them up for yourself. But the Holy Ghost was actively at work on the earth confirming the Messiahship of Jesus. And you can see it in those scriptures. And the apostles through many signs and wonders done by the Holy Ghost confirmed that they were the apostles of the Lord. But then in Mark 16, what does it say about you and me? They went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord worked, working with them and confirming the word with signs following, right? Every single one of us, Jesus said, the works I do shall you do also and greater than these shall you do because I go to my Father. You know what that means? We've been all called to do the same works and the Holy Ghost will do that same confirming in all of our lives. And if we proclaim and declare and decree the word of God, he'll confirm it. I've seen it happen in my life many times, many occasions. We thank God for his Holy Spirit to confirm it. But then in regeneration, let's look at these verses in Acts 2, 37. Peter is standing before the same crowd that wanted to kill him. And what did he say? I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Now, empowered by the Holy Ghost, Peter preaches the first message. 3,000 people get saved, right? Absolutely. And what happens to them? Notice this. We talked about conviction. They heard his message. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. You want to prick someone's heart? Keep giving them the word. Send it in a card. Leave them a text message. Maybe call them on the phone. Always tell them what the word says. If it's something as simple, but God loves you. He has a great plan for your life. He wants you to walk with him in higher places. Sharpen that person. Look, they were pricked in their heart. And what did they say to Peter and to the rest of the apostles? Men and brethren, what shall we do? See, they're convicted. Peter then, then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you, to your children, and as many as are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The power of preaching anointed by the Spirit penetrating the heart results in regeneration. See, it all works together. Conviction. And then finally, sanctification. And this one is so essential to the church of today. Oh my. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 from the New Living Translation. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery 
or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the what? Spirit of our God. Beloved, those that have a different mind are not listening to the spirit of our God. Did you see that? Yet today, what are we facing? Even within the so-called church. Promoting what he just said we've been delivered from. Isn't that true? We've been delivered from all that. How? In the name of Jesus, by the Spirit of God, cleansed by the blood, we're no longer that. It seems like there's a push today within the so-called church to incorporate all that and say, that's what Christianity today is all about because we've progressed. Oh, my brother and my sister, that's not progressing. That's regressing. That's going back. The Holy Spirit is just that, holy. And he'll lead us down the path of holiness. We've been cleansed from all that. So what we want to do in these upcoming weeks is really talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how he works in the lives of all of God's people to take us to a place that he can anoint us with a greater anointing or we can be transformed to a greater measure and degree. On the inside we have it, but he wants it to the outside to help us help other people. I do believe with all my heart he doesn't want to take us to higher places just for ourselves. He wants to take us to higher places to be vessels of honor. Prepared, meet and prepared for the master's use. So that we can speak the truth in love. And please listen. When I make that comment about what's happening in the church world of today. I speak the truth in love. In other words, in a way, not to be offensive. But in a way to help people understand the need to walk up rightly before the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's all stand together. <clears throat> Throw up that verse if you wouldn't mind. <clears throat> we can make a decision to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit or we can make a decision to do what they did. Notice how clear. Now, I believe they're doing this in love, but Stephen was being stoned, you understand. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. Did you get that? We can either submit or we can resist. Which of the prophets have your, not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. Beloved, 
It's up to us to say, I'm not going to resist what God wants to do by his spirit. I'm going to submit to it. I'm going to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and let him change me from glory to glory. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence to God first and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you and God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.